The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer, do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In 2010, artist Marina Abramovich pushed the limits of performance art by opening her exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art in New York called The Artist is Present. Seated silently at a wooden table across from an empty chair, she waited silently as people took their turns sitting in the empty chair across from her and locking eyes with her. For three months, eight hours a day, she did this. There was a continuous line of people. When all was said and done, Marina had these silent encounters with over 1,000 visitors, many of whom were moved to tears. Some, in fact, had been so moved by the experience that they came back, one visitor, 21 times. He described his experience using these words. It's luminous and uplifting. It comes down to being present, breathing. It comes down to seeing and being seen. How we long to be seen. It seems to be a modern reality that we spend 
more time looking at the face of a television, computer, or phone than we will ever spend looking at the face of another human being. Ironically, in this age of extreme connectedness, human beings desperately cry out to be seen, not with the lens of a camera, but with the lens of the human eye. Sometimes I wonder, as I lay in bed at night, in all the comings and goings of the day, as my children run in and out of the house, sometimes I wonder, did I ever really today see any of them? Or were they just blurs that I was only remotely aware of? If I had to describe what they are wearing today, could I do it? If you had to describe the color of your best friend's eyes, could you do it? Can you recall the last time you had dinner with another human being at an actual table and made actual eye contact? To see is not to look. Today we are not talking about the impatient glance at the person checking out our groceries or a harried glimpse at the hostess when she tells us our table is ready. Today we are talking about really, truly seeing another human being with the eyes and also with the heart. How this beaten and wounded man cast into a ditch and left for dead by robbers longs to be seen by somebody, anybody. How he groans in pain and begs for help and pleads for mercy, how his trembling hand reaches out to a priest and then a Levite as they pass on their way. And they see him, well, they sort of see him out of the corner of their eye. They look at him, really aware of him, just enough to make a wide berth around him and hurry on their way. How mercy finally comes to this man when a Samaritan of all people, a Samaritan, a sworn enemy of his own people, sees him, draws near to him, has compassion on him, and saves his life. This gospel this morning preaches not from a lofty mountaintop or a grassy meadow, but from the ditch where we least expect to encounter goodness and mercy, and where we sure as heck least expect to encounter God. Today we see God in the ditch. Most of us know this story, like the back of our hand, this Good Samaritan story, and most of us know that it is an example of how to help people in need. So much, in fact, that there are even laws named after it. Good Samaritan laws offer legal protection to people who try to help others who are hurt, sick, or in danger. And this is all fine and good, but the Good Samaritan in this story represents more than just a solid moral code. Before we speak about what we should do in society, we must first explore 
why we should do these things in the first place. Before we speak about morality, we must speak of gift. Surely there is giftedness in the story and the help that the Samaritan offers to the wounded man. Yes, of course, but before that, the gift is in the seeing. That rather than avoid or ignore this wounded man, the Samaritan first sees him, his wounded enemy lying in the ditch. And his seeing moves him to draw near to the wounded man, which in turn moves him to have compassion on him. Before the doing is the seeing. Before the moral lies the gift. For this Samaritan, his seeing the wounded man with compassion is why he helps him. For the Christian, then, every act of goodwill springs from the gift of grace given to us by God. Indeed, how we all long to be seen like that man in the ditch, yearning to be seen and saved. How anyone who is in the ditch longs to be seen, cries out to be seen. How anyone who is in need or hurting or wounded longs to be seen. How anyone who knows what it's like to be ignored, mocked, cast out, longs to be seen. How anyone with wounds, external or internal, physical, mental, or emotional, longs to be seen. How anyone who suffers and bleeds silently longs to be seen. And yet, how adept we are at not seeing. Even today, there are, in fact, plenty of priests and Levites among us. Even today, with lines drawn as clearly between people as between Jews and Samaritans back in that day, not only does it seem we are not stopping to help the most vulnerable people in the ditch, it seems as though we are going out of our way to ensure that they stay in the ditch where they belong. Or even better, go back to the ditch in their own country. We look the other way when we see the undocumented migrant family in the ditch, terrified of deportation, thousands of whom tremble today as immigration raids begin in 10 major cities across the US. We look the other way when we see yet another victim of sexual assault or human trafficking in the ditch when we see victims of hurricanes and wildfires in the ditch. We look the other way when we see the ones that the church itself has violated in the ditch. We stare at our phones and keep walking, refusing to see, much less save. Perhaps we can relate to the man in the ditch, but perhaps we can also relate to the priest and the Levite if we want to really be honest with ourselves. When Jesus tells the lawyer to go and do likewise, he really does mean clothe the naked, feed the hungry, tend to the harmed, but he first means to look around, to see, to be stirred by compassion. If Marina Abramovich's performance reveals to us 
that there can be profound encounters between absolute strangers through eye contact, through seeing and being seen, how much more between neighbors? Who is my neighbor, asks the lawyer. Mr. Rogers answers that question. Those of us familiar with his famous neighborhood, as he persevered in welcoming everyone to his neighborhood, including Chinese cellist Yo-Yo Ma, pioneer female athlete Susie McConnell, Coco the Gorilla, African-American LeVar Burton, host of Reading Rainbow, and Jeff Erlanger, in the beloved episode when the 10-year-old wheelchair-bound boy sings It's You I Like in a duet with Mr. Rogers. Race, gender, level of ability, even species did not matter to Mr. Rogers. All were neighbor. If there ever was a recent example of Good Samaritan, I nominate Fred Rogers, whose life and ministry around centered around seeing those whom society was not seeing. Regarding civil rights, women's rights, people with disabilities, as well as his gentle activism within the LGBTQ community. Before we identify who we are in this story, of the Good Samaritan, which is the step we always seem to lead with, we first identify who Jesus is. If we recognize Jesus to be the Good Samaritan in our story today, we understand that he sees this man in the ditch because Jesus has been that man in the ditch. He has been beaten and stripped and robbed and mocked and left for dead. He has mercy on this man because every act of healing, every word of forgiveness, every table that he flips upside down in outrage is because Jesus knows firsthand what it means to be left alone in the ditch or in his case on the cross. Every human act that Jesus does then is motivated by compassion and love, which is empathy. Empathy is compassion with legs. <coughs> and asks us to do likewise in acts of charity and advocacy, absolutely, but also in acts of seeing one another. To see Jesus as gift, that he brings his kingdom to every single living and created thing, then stirs us to get up and feed and clothe and embrace and welcome to be good Samaritans ourselves. In this way, doing acts of justice that spring from the free gift of grace that God has for all people, we are equipped to go out into the world as good and holy Samaritans, no longer priests and Levites who just walk on by. Without this element of grace, the church is just another social club with solid moral objectives. It is Jesus as gift that stirs the human heart to see the one in the ditch, and maybe that person is sitting next to you today. May we see one another with new eyes, with the eyes of Christ. May we see one another as God sees us, beloved, precious, worth saving from the ditch. Jesus calls out today, 
To anyone who has ever known what it's like to be in the ditch. To any who are wounded, alienated, discriminated against, ignored, not believed, left for dead. Physically or emotionally, he says, I see you. I am coming to you and I am bringing my kingdom to you. Open your eyes and look for me where you do not expect me in surprising people and places. Look for me in churches, yes, but look for me in migrant eyes and refugee camps. Look for me in holding centers and soup kitchens. Look for me in Planned Parenthood clinics and Alzheimer's units. Look for me in prison cells and back alleys. Look for me in women's shelters and under bridges. Open your eyes and look for me where you least expect me, says the Lord, and you will see me.